welcome to the If I Was 20 Again podcast, where today we have the wonderful Ayala Shipley. And if you guys know anything about Ayala, she is definitely not out of her 20s right now. She is, I believe, 25. So I thought it'd be cool to bring on someone who is in her 20s and just ask her and we can chat about some of the things we wish we knew right now in this point in time, things that are relevant to us right now. So if you guys are ready we're going to get into this and it is such an amazing podcast Ayala does Ayala is just just so full of wonderful and amazing truth and wisdom and light and I love talking with her known her for a while she's amazing love her to death so let's get started welcome Ayala thank you so much for coming on for anybody listening I love this lady she is just always this bright ray of sunshine that I love having in my life all the time so On this episode, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about what we want to know in our 20s and some of the things that we struggle with because the other people that I brought on, they talk about things I wish they would have known that they know now. And so just bringing it from a different angle and talking about what the things that we struggle with and how we're learning. Yeah, I'm pumped to be here. Cool. Okay, so what? I don't even know where to go with this. Yeah. I mean, we could just dive into like, what's, so I'm 25, right? So still in my twenties, right, right smack in the middle. But I also think like the place I was in at 20, the place I was in, I mean, at 25 are like two huge, like hugely different places, two hugely different things I was struggling with, but also like still struggle all the time. Like, and I think something we were both just talking about and something we struggle with is like, I question everything. Like I question all of my decisions. I question whether I'm on the right path, like career wise, you know, whether I do everything well in my relationships and my friendships. So like, maybe, you know, do you relate to any of that stuff? 100%. I we were talking before this and I showed her my list of questions. of just like one topic that I'm struggling with right now. And it's like two and a half pages worth of questions. And I, with where I am in my life and the people around me, sometimes it feels that questions are not allowed, even though the words that they say are like, yes, you can ask questions, but the feelings and the intents behind the other things that they're saying are like, don't ask questions. Just, just listen. And believe everything that we're saying and don't go and try and figure it out for yourself. So, yeah, I wish that I am someone that was like a very stubborn, I I mean, I'm still extraordinarily stubborn. Like, let's be real here. My (laughs) boyfriend says this all the time. Um, my parents do too, but I always knew or thought I knew my path in life. Like I was, I'm like, since I was eight years old, I'm like, I'm going to be a therapist. I'm going to help children. I'm going to do this, this, and this. I will go and get my undergraduate degree at a smaller school in the South, you know, like literally so specific. I'm going to get my master's degree. Then I'm going to blah, 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 right? That was my whole path in life. And like, I was very, I I would, I put on blinders for it 100%. And I mean, as you all know, that's not the path I actually ended up taking. Like I was halfway through my master's when I discovered a whole new world, like around entrepreneurship and you know, what, what you can do in that world. And for me, like what I kind of, and I didn't discover that until 21, 20, no, 23, actually 23. Yeah, it was a couple years uh, ago. Yeah. It was like two years ago. So I was 23 and 
I wish I knew to, to be, to let myself question more, right? Mm-hmm. So like my parents encourage the questioning and the struggling and all that, but like, I was so stubborn in my own ways that I wish I knew that like, I don't have to have everything figured out. And like, I've come way more and I still struggle every day with it. Like to accept that, like, I don't have everything figured out. Like I can't always see my path in front of me super clearly. And when I don't see that, that's where my anxiety kicks in, right? Like that's where I immediately struggle. And so I wish I knew that like, especially going into it and making the process a little bit easier that I don't always have to have it all figured out. Like you, we are 20 and 25. Oh yeah. I think to go with that, one of the things is giving myself space to make mistakes being okay with that um I feel like with who my parents are and the community that they're in I just put myself on like I can't make mistakes with either business with entrepreneurship with who I am what I believe like I just have to know everything and just do it and that put me in obviously a state of burnout because I definitely took a year and a half off of the whole entrepreneurship thing and trying to figure it out And if that was actually what I was excited about, or if it wasn't, it's just something that was happening around my life. My parents were just dragging me along with it. I feel like I still love it. And so we're still kicking at that. But recently it's just been giving myself space to make mistakes and not beat myself up about it and be okay with, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. And who cares if you accidentally swear at someone or my big thing, what I've done lately is starting to flip people off, which I find very therapeutic (laughs) and I recommend it. (laughs) You know what? Like, I agree with that. I do it in my life by myself. I'm like, F you and F you. (laughs) Um, But I like, I, you know, I'm not maybe doing it to their faces as much, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I agree. I think when visibility is really high and like you have high visibility and that's just, your mom has really high visibility and Mm -hmm. you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles in it and the pressure feels so much higher. But like, if you can't make mistakes, it means no one can, right? Like Mm -hmm. you are a 20 year old girl in life. Like imagine, like I always think this, and I, it's weird. Like with, with me, it's more about knowing and clarity and the path and, and less so about making mistakes. I literally, you know, my mom said to me the other day, she was like, what's one thing you like, what's a mistake? I've made so many mistakes, but like, what's a mistake you've made that you regret? Mm-hmm. And I've made a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> I've done some things that are little questionable, but I literally could think of only one thing and it was like a really stupid thing. And it was like literally about making out with a boy when I shouldn't have. And that was it. And my mom was like, why is that the one thing you regret? And my whole thing was like, I think it painted me in a bad light. Mm. And it's, so it was less about the mistake itself and more about like, what are other people thinking about it? So for you, even thinking about like what you just said of like, I have like, if we're in high visibility and stuff, maybe it's less about the mistake itself and, and worried about making mistakes and, you know, feeling that, but more about other people judging you for it or someone seeing you in a certain light because of it. Oh yeah. 
like <clears throat> I guess maybe the thing is for me is if I can't do like we'll just take entrepreneurship if I can't make a million dollars in two years then my mom isn't the great teacher that she says she is which she is she's yeah. a phenomenal and amazing teacher and everybody listening should go look up Allison J Prince and buy her course and listen to her because she is a phenomenal person she is Not brilliant at all <laughs> she is brilliant she really is and so maybe that's just where it comes from is me being like well like if I can't do it and I lived with her for 20 years 19 years what about all these other people and so it's just like maybe that's where it's coming from and not how many miss so when did your mom figure this out like what age was your mom when she figured out how to do everything she did she was 40 years old right <laughs> she didn't figure it out when she was 20 even if she had great teachers right I think there is such a difference between us making mistakes in our 20s and being able to figure it out now like, mm -hmm. That's the only way for us to learn. Like, how are we ever going to make mistakes if we literally don't learn? Yes. Or how will we ever learn if we don't make mistakes is what I really meant to say in that. But and that's how my brain processed it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, I mean, I look at my dad. My dad is extraordinarily successful in business, oh, right? Like, absolutely. Builds incredible brands and, you know, is super successful. But like, I don't, and he, he teaches me a ton, but like, I can't always figure it out. And my path is always not his, right? Mm -hmm. So like, maybe I'm not the best marketer. Maybe I'm not the best at this, but like I have my strengths elsewhere. And I think for you, like you can 100% do it if that's exactly your path in life to, to do exactly what your mom does. But maybe your version of entrepreneurship looks different than your mom's. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also the pressure of us being in our 20s and that we put on ourselves to have that figured out now. Oh, absolutely. And I also blame a little bit of the school system for that as well, because in my high school, they were like, oh, what college are you going to when I was in like ninth grade? And I was like, um, I'm just worried about like not being made fun of that kid over there. Like that is all I'm worried about right now. And so, and then and just like all that pressure was put on by me and the other people around me with my hang out with and stuff so and that's the really hard things about being in high school and growing up and being in the school system like I don't that's another thing like I also wish I knew even at I think it was it's different for you I think that like you had a different exposure maybe to the school system and like your parents because they really were like saying like you should go into this and do mm -hmm. all of this when you're in your teens and stuff but I didn't like my my parents didn't put that into me as much like I didn't really get exposed to that till later mm -hmm. but I really was like focused on grades and I always felt so much less smart than my other friends because I didn't test well Right. And I still knew I could be successful in like being a therapist, which is not what I am anymore. But um, I really thought it had to be school. I had had to be college. And when I didn't go to a college that was like a feeder school from New York City, like University of Michigan or mm -hmm. any of those schools, like I was like, I'm just perceived as not smart. That makes sense. A lot of my friends were fan phenomenal test takers. And I think I like put myself in this box where you didn't have to be great at school, but you had to do what my parents were doing because my parents weren't that good in school either. And so it was just like, 
I'm not this, so then I have to be this and putting myself over there and not giving myself room to explore all the other spaces that I could be in. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It's really, it can be super tough, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when we're put into one box, how are we supposed to look outside of it? And I think that like, that's what we see a lot. And that's some of what we both struggle with right now. Like, what would you say? And I I know we kind of just talked about it, but like in looking into your 20s, right? 20s is a long time, like a lot changes. What do you feel like that biggest struggle is going to be? I think for me, it's figuring out who I am. We were talking before about how I feel like this year for me is going to be a life-changing year, put in soft air quotes, because right now I'm questioning a crap ton of things about what I was taught when I was younger and like who I want to be when I grow up and trying to figure out what makes me happy again. So I feel like this year will be a very defining year and all of my 20s will be very defining because obviously I'm just going to keep changing because I obviously can't make up my mind no matter what I do. It's just going to be me trying to figure out what makes me happy and how I can go and make a career out of that or live my life to my fullest potential with the things that make me happy. So just trying to figure that out, I think for me is going to be a big struggle. Without the pressure of like saying, I need to figure it out maybe. Yes. You know, I think that's like the biggest thing is like, if you, we, if we just give ourselves the space to yeah. feel it and go th- move through it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's something we both have talked about a lot is like the ability to feel and to move through it and knowing that feeling it is the only actual way to go through it mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things to do, especially in a place where, you know, we are all going through struggles. This is who we are as people. This is how we, we rock and roll, right? This is it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get to 30 and we haven't questioned or we haven't struggled, right? Then it's like, what's the point? We're in the same exact place then that we are at 20. Yeah. Yes. My therapist was talking to me the other day about, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Straight up, I do not know what's going on in my life. Things just keep happening to me and I don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. And I don't know what I want to do or what I think anymore. And she's like, that's okay. Your brain is still developing. You are in the perfect stage to be questioning everything because it'll be easier for you to question with the way your brain is formed and everything. And then as you move along, you start learning and your brain finishes developing and you start to feel more secure about who you are and what you want to do and the things that make you happy. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to keep questioning and challenge things that come up in my life as I get older, but this is where I'm supposed to be. And I think that is a hard thing for me to accept because I feel like I've always had to know what I'm supposed to be doing in my life and not giving myself space to breathe. Yeah. And it's like the word for today is questioning. (laughs) (laughs) But it's when we're 20 and I mean, like I went through this training, right? Like I have my undergraduate in psychology and then my master's in social work. And like, I, I major, I specialized in development child development so our brains are I and it's weird like I didn't I was studying it as it was happening too so sometimes when I would get to certain places it felt like things were blurry or I had blinders and then something would open and I could see things more clearly and then it would happen again and it goes forward and go forward and then it feels like blinders opened and I could see things a little bit more clearly and then it go back to being a little bit more blurry and I still feel like that happens but 
that's how our brains develop, right? It's not being able to have everything fully formed right now. Mm-hmm. And all of these, sometimes it's like puzzle pieces, right? So like one piece is over here and the other is over there. And it's not until it really comes together that we're understanding it better. And that's our brains. But then we go on top of that and that's the science. But then let's talk about actual life and that's a whole nother level. And so when the experiences both match up with the forming, you know, the science of who we are in our brains, that's when things can start also making a little bit more sense for us. Mm-hmm. Not that we'll ever not be struggling or questioning. Like, I really do believe that we will, mm-hmm. but it's just the ability to know that that's coming. Right. And it's super mm-hmm. normal to struggle with all of it in the process. Cause scientifically you can't see it clearly. Like we can't, <laughs> that's who we are. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my dad earlier today and he was like, Kayla, it's just line upon line. Like, you just learn a little here and then you learn a little there and then you learn a little there and maybe that little learning doesn't make any sense so you erase that line and go back there and then you learn a little somewhere else and it just adds up slowly I'm like that makes a lot of sense and it's good when we only have to see the next one in front of us versus trying to figure out 10 lines right I was I was my dad was whiteboarding it today and it was like step a B, C, D, he's like, you don't need to see E over uh, over on the far line. You just need to see A to B. And then what the opportunities that will open in a year from now or in two years, because my struggle was around business opportunities, those are going to be much different. And and that's what I teach, right? And that's what I coach people on and do all of that. But it's like, when it's you, it's a whole other ballgame. Absolutely. I... My friends do this all the time to me. Like they'll be struggling. And I'll be like, hey, hon, like you got this. You're good. This isn't the end of the world. Just breathe. We can talk about it. And I'll try and give some probably like unsolicited advice that they're just like, whatever, Kayla, shut up. And then I, then the tables flip. And they're like, Kayla, just breathe. Like you're okay. Everything's going to be okay. I'm like, shut up. No, it's not. And so sometimes it's hard. Like, like so logically hard. it makes sense. But then emotionally you're like, no that's not how it goes for me so and that's like the biggest discovery I've noticed over the last few years too is like understanding how to go through things when you're going through it on your own right and you're feeling Mm -hmm. it yourself like how how I move through it now is way different than I did four years ago or five years ago like I coped with it in such different ways not to say it was good or it was definitely worse honestly the way I used to cope (laughs) with things definitely worse but I needed that in the moment and now I feel things differently and I see things differently and I'm able to like cope differently. And that's just the way mm-hmm. we're developing now. That's who we are. And that's the, that's what we're going to do. Oh, absolutely. If you don't mind me asking, what are some of the coping skills that you use then versus now? So back even like, I think two years ago or three years ago, I used fillers. Like I call them fillers. My friends are fillers in a sense, right? Um, I was going out a lot going on dates a lot, um, using quick fixes, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in New York, which was, I mean, New York is always busy, right? Like there's no space to stop and feel as much, unless I'm on the subway crying, which I would definitely say is a great (laughs) place to cry. Um, But my life felt really overwhelming in a sense. Like I felt like I was transitioning out of social work and into the, this world. And I, I would, get really sad or anything, but I would always cope and make, do something to make myself feel better 
immediately, right? So going out to lunch with a friend or going to dinner with a friend or going to a party, partying, um, going on a date, right? To fill a space of loneliness. It's, it's funny, like we say New York can be the busiest city in the world, yet you could still feel so lonely. But there are always ways to quick fix it. And so my, my coping mechanisms then were to fix rather than to feel. Even though I was in therapy, I was always... That was like my, I call it like my thoughts in therapy, right? That's the time in life that I was just like thinking through and processing thoughts and stuff, but I wasn't processing any feelings at all. Like I was not. And now I'm in a place that I moved cities. I moved to a new city without any friends. Like my parents came too. We both came at the same time, but I was ready to take space from New York and from my life there. And I have, I mean, a very serious relationship right now, but it, for some reason, it I needed to get rid of anything I could use to fill the space in order to feel. So now, instead of coping, instead of coping with filling, now I cope with feeling. Right. So it's less of a coping mechanism, but truly moving through the emotions to not solve it, but to you know, kind of close it out in a sense, mm-hmm. um, rather than just fixing because the fixing doesn't in the long run i am beginning to learn that so anybody who's listening learn this now so you don't have to go to this and just move on to the feeling part instead of stuffing yeah i mean you learned it far sooner than i learned it it took me two years in therapy to see that i needed to start feeling and to realize that like i couldn't push it away anymore And only in the last year have I given myself the space, both physically and emotionally to do that. And that is like, what's come to, I've come to see things so differently. That's good. Okay. This was a question that popped into my head and I don't know if it's like related or not, but when you moved out, moved on your own, um, I know you struggled with anxiety and stuff. Like I don't, you'd struggle with depression, right? Mm -hmm, Both. So anxiety and depression, do you feel like that skyrocketed being on your own and away from like parents and stuff? Um, so it's, it definitely skyrocketed in a sense when I went to college. Mm -hmm. Um, my, it's hard, it's, it's hard to define whether it did or not, um, I always feel super close to my parents, regardless of like how physically close I am. Um, So I don't live as far away from my parents as you do too. Um, You you do live just much further from them. But even when I was in college and they were in New Jersey and I was in North Carolina, it's still like my depression and anxiety still popped up all the time. But I would, I think it was, it didn't change necessarily in how much it did or if it did more. Mm-hmm. I don't think it changed at all. It would just change in how I had to learn to cope with it. Um, okay. Interesting. I think that's what changed for me because it, it was something I had struggled with that started truly in high school. I think anxiety actually started for me as a really little kid, but mm-hmm. then depression hit in high school. Um, hormonal changes, like I had off hormones, like, and just in life, I think I'm a very sensitive person and I things build up and then they hold and then I have a hard time releasing serotonin, right? The whole, the whole, you know, ball game with it, but 
it was more the differences that I learned to cope with it that started to change and shift and move in that sense. Okay, cool. I feel like it hit me once I moved out. And maybe it is because I'm further away from family and I don't have roommates and it's very easily easy for me to just isolate myself and shut down and shut out the world and anyone. But for me, it just seemed like after the first week I moved out, my family moved back home, things just clicked. And I was like, something is not wrong. I do not feel like who I was anymore. And I just like blamed it on being an adult. I was like, well, I guess this is just what being an adult feels like. And it took me like six, nine months to realize that that wasn't actually what being an adult is supposed to feel like. And to have multiple people come into my life and be like, Kayla, no, like that's not how it's supposed to go. No. I just want to see if. (laughs) Yeah. And that I think proves the point for that it's not supposed, it's not, it's not how anyone's supposed to feel it. It is how you feel. So it is, it's so valid, but it's not necessarily because you left. I think that just also, by the way, being living actually alone without a soul around you is not common in a sense. Like, especially with people our age, like most people live with roommates and all that. I have never actually lived alone in a sense. Like I lived in college with my three friends or one best friend and one girl that we didn't like. And then, <laughs> and then in, with all three of my, be- and then with all of my best friends the last two years. And then after I left college, I also lived with my best friend. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Texas. And then I moved in with my boyfriend. So I have never been so physically alone. So when I would go into a depressive episode, my friends were there to notice because she was living with me. Even in, when I, my first one hit in college, my sophomore year, my best friend called my mom and said, I don't know what to do because I yell it hasn't gotten out of bed in three days, mm-hmm. right? I don't know how I would have dealt with it if I was fully alone. So I think you even being able to recognize that it's not a normal feeling and that you are somewhat able to move through it in a sense, be still being alone is what most people never have to face in their whole life. And I think that is the strongest Thing that you have maybe ever had to do it's been the hardest thing I've ever had to do I don't know if it's necessarily made me the strongest so to say because I feel like I still struggle a ton with it and I've been looking to move in with a roommate and so she can be like hello like poke me when I'm not all the way there I'm struggling with the things that I struggle with and so that has definitely been one of the most eye-opening things for me is that I need social interaction and I'm very good at being like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go outside. It's too cold. I don't want to be around people because then I have to like put pants on and stuff, but I need to be around people. And so just having someone else to live with me forces that interaction. I, that's the, like, I think pushing yourself through that, regardless of if you struggle or not still, it still has you, you are still a much stronger person than maybe me, maybe anyone else. The fact that you have been able to still live through it, right? Like you still choose to live every day and choose to live through it when it can be super hard. And also that is my first reaction to my first reaction is to shut out the world, no matter if I'm in the same house with them or not. Right. Mm-hmm. I never want to go see anyone do anything. Um, 
And the fact that you do still is pretty cool. Yeah, it's been interesting. Very odd. I feel like, because I lived in a house with six people, (laughs) then a dog, and then moving back to Puerto Rico. Like we just always had little humans running around whether it was my siblings or their friends or my friends and just all of a sudden being nobody I talk to my dog now so like when I would leave my parents house I'm like telling each of my siblings where I'm going tell my parents where I'm going and then be like bye I love you as I leave the door and hearing everybody else call back and so now when I moved out it was there's nobody here to respond back to me and That's so now really I know it was, it's so sad. It's re- that's really sad. Mm-hmm. And um, like I started talking to my dog. I would like grab her by the face and be like, okay, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. If I'm not back soon, call someone essentially. And then now um, I always yell at her. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving for whatever. Like I'm going to class. Bye. I love you. And she's gotten so used to me saying that to her that if I don't, she'll like stand at the door after I close the door and bark at me after as Aww. I'm walking down the hallway. So she has been like this amazing little lifesaver that I need needed in my life. Thank you, Corona, for not letting my family take my dog back because I don't know where I'd be without her. <laughs> so. And so you've created like, regardless of how it happened and whatever, you've created ways to feel less alone Mm -hmm. in the physical loneliness. Yes. And my dog has been able to pick up on those states where I just like drop super low and just hit essentially rock bottom. And she'll come sit there and bark at me and be like, I need to go outside. Take me outside or I'm going to have an accident in here, whether you like it or not. And so she'll like get me going outside and we'll go for a walk. And that helps a ton and then she'll just like come jump on me and paw at me and be like hello like I need you you can't disappear on me someone's living for for you literally she needs you to live and to be there emotionally and physically in a sense like the best thing about animals that's the first place that I saw how like emotions could be dealt with with animals is like I used to work at therapeutic horseback riding ranches for kids with special needs or emotional stuff and not just like it, and I would see it with the kids, but even for me, like it affects you emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was a time where, what was I doing? I don't remember what I was doing, but I was sleeping over at either my grandparents' house, a cousin's house, or a friend's house, and I didn't have my dog. And I take her everywhere that I legally can. So not school and not work, but basically everywhere else. And I was like, I feel so alone. I know there's someone down the hallway and someone on the other side of the wall, but I put all of my emotional, like not necessarily weight on her, but she's become my emotional buddy. And the TikTok trend that's going around where it's like, I'm Hernando and I do all the patching and it's like, I'm Hernando and I'm scared of nothing. As like the emotional support animal, that's her. She's my Hernando, who's scared of nothing. So... (laughs) That's so cute. Like that's, but that's what you, I'm telling you, like living alone, I, 
many people never actually even do, right? Because it forces you to face things that maybe you would have never seen before. And I think that you having go, you are going through it, but going through it at this time in your life is a whole other thing for you. And it's, it's really tough and it's really hard and you're the only one that's dealing with it, but you're still moving through it. Right. And I think that's like something to be so commended for because also no one, no one's patting you on the back for it. No (laughs) one's seeing you every day and saying, good job, Michaela, Mm -hmm. crushing it. You're fighting the internal fight today. Like Mm -hmm. there is validity to that. That's what you're doing. And you're still doing it. Today at church, I was, I was driving to church. I'm like, I don't necessarily enjoy going to church by myself because then I have to deal with like everybody there and I don't have something to like kind of hide behind when I don't want to deal with them. And I was like, I'm going to hold my own hand in church because all of my like church members and ward members, they're all like couples and everything. And I'm like, well, here we go. Everybody take this. I'm my own partner. So <laughs> but. you took the emotional sense down <laughs> to the physical, literally holding your own hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but did it make you feel good? Oh, absolutely. I was there like, go. I got my own back. I don't need, I don't need anybody when social interaction is definitely something that I need, but like, I can take care of myself. It's exhausting. Yes, you can. And it is exhausting. It is. Last story about me. Um, I got COVID a couple weeks ago and then my dog got sick. And I was like, I am by myself sick, taking care of this sick dog. I don't know if I want to be a parent because I don't want to have to deal with a sick me and a sick another human and possibly another sick little animal. And I was like, I called my dad. I was like, dad, I'm done being an adult. I don't like doing this. Like, Take me home. I always think that. I'm like, I don't know how my mom like or my dad did it. Like when, if they were sick and I was sick or like they were feeling down well, I'm upset or feeling sick or down. Like I can't, I can't imagine it, but Absolutely. I, I think you just, you, you figured it out. Like you still did it mm-hmm. right. As hard as it was. And I think that that's what we're going to do as parents. If we choose to be, if we choose to be parents one day, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anybody who's listening, don't live alone. And you, unless you want to deal with some heavy crap, because it comes out whether you like it or not. And it's going to come out, by the way, like if you don't live alone too, like it will come out at some point. It's just maybe forcing you to see things and feel and do things a little bit differently now. And I I think that we're going to have a conversation in five years and it's going to be like, I can't believe I went through all that, you know, right when I moved out at 20 years old and I am in such a different place now. And I'm excited for that conversation that we have in five years. Oh, I'll be 30 and you'll be 25. (laughs) That's weird. That's weird. I don't want to think about that. No. <laughs> oh, I think living alone, it all comes out so much faster. And it is more of like a fire hose than like a little hose. Oh, yeah. You got so, fire hose. I got fire. I definitely got fire hose with a whole lot of things. I look at some of my friends, though, and some of my friends still haven't felt the things that I have or that you are facing. And then they start to feel it like they, they maybe they were like three or four years behind me and feeling it. And I watched them struggle and I was like, man, I went through that. And like, I, I go through it. Right. But it's the more you go through it, the less hard it is to deal with. Right. The more comfortable mm-hmm. you become with all of it. Oh, yes. 
And I'm so happy that I didn't get it done with early, but like felt it sooner and felt it harder and maybe faster than having to deal with it at this point, like later in life. Yeah. I always joke around that I'm going through um, like my quarter life crisis because the other- A little early. A little early. (laughs) Because a couple of Saturdays ago, I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna go get a tattoo. I'm gonna dye all my hair. I'm just gonna pierce all of my ears, just all the way up, get my little nose piercing and call it good and be okay. Yeah, I told my therapist the next day and she's like, don't do that. That's not gonna fix it. That's not gonna, what is that gonna solve for? (laughs) Literally nothing. It would not solve anything. (laughs) But it was funny. She's like, girl, just, you got this. Move through it and you're good. It's like, I know, but I don't like moving through it. I don't like having to deal with it all. No, it's adulting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not fun, yeah. but we do. And yeah. we, you did, and you didn't go get pierced or tatted. I mean, maybe you did, I don't know. No, but I don't think you got pierced or tatted. <laughs> my earring appointment is in March. Okay, yeah. So you didn't go get pierced, tatted, and dyed your hair, but you moved through the feelings and through all of the pain. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was good. Um, okay, wait, side note. Are you going to Mexico? I don't want to forget this. Until later. I am not. Dang it. I'm going. <laughs> You're going to have a really great time. Yes, but I'm going to just have to find someone to keep me entertained. Find myself, keep myself entertained. <laughs> just going on the podcast. And no, I was going to take this out. Okay, yeah. I think there will be people to keep you entertained. Hopefully. I think I might just go hang out with Colette. Because she's like, I'm going to be there, but my kids aren't going to be there. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just like stick to you. Because my mom's going to be busy and your husband's going to be busy. But <laughs> I, I think you will find people to keep you busy. Are, are the Woodwards going? I, don't, I haven't even asked. I'm sure so. they are. They better. I'm going to be I'm sure they're going. You'll have people your age to hang out with. I hope so. Okay. Um, okay. I want to talk about those days where you like lock yourself in your room and you have a podcast called get out of, get out of your head, get out of bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you find the courage to get out of your bed? Cause last night I like curled up in a ball, put my blanket over my head and just sat there and was like, I'm not leaving. I don't care what anyone says. This is where I'm going to die because I don't want to deal with anything. How do you get the courage or the strength to go out? Well, I'll put this back to you for a second. You, you got out of bed at some point, right? Like you sat in it and you felt it and then you got out of bed and it doesn't change. So I sometimes sat in it and I sometimes felt it for as long as I needed to. Not And not truly that because I would have liked to stay in for longer, but then I d- just did. Like sometimes there's different things that you need. Sometimes we need to feel it. And sometimes we need to experience it. And sometimes we need to sit in that bed and we need to curl up and not come out for a little bit. And that's okay. But at some point we do. And I think for everyone, that point is different. And sometimes for me, it was faking it until it felt better and trying to get out. And sometimes it was just getting out of my bed enough to go to the couch and to watch TV there. And that whatever step we take is the step we take. 
and we figure it out and we move through it. And if you really can't ever get out of bed, then you got to ask for help. And that's another thing that I did. I had a very, very good support system and I stopped being afraid to reach out for help. How did you do that? Because I so struggle asking for help and reaching out. Who's the first person you would reach out to? I don't know. Mine was my mom. Mm-hmm. So even if I was in North Carolina, she was in New Jersey, my mom would be the first person I would reach out to. And maybe it's because she's also super in tune to what I'm thinking or feeling and just kind of knows when something's off. Like she was always very in tune, almost to a fault where I would like always feel like even if something was slightly off, she would always be on top of it, which was a little annoying, but I would rather that. But I had to start asking my friends for help. And I had, I didn't have a choice anymore. Like if you're going through something so hard, it's not worth it to face it alone. And the moment I started telling one person, it became easier. The second person, it became easier. Third, even easier, right? When those people in my life started becoming aware of it, when they were, then they were sensitive to it. But also like, I remember this one time and, and I, so I struggled with this my, my whole of college. So really my sophomore year on, no one really saw it freshman year, but I had a huge group. I had like four amazing girlfriends and then a, about a group of five guy friends. And like the nine of us all lived in these townhouses together. And I remember one day, like someone must've said like, yeah, yeah, let's, you know, in bed today. And, and my friend, Jesse, he just like knew, he knew that I was struggling and he got into bed with me and he gave me like big pizza and he was like eat up I got like he, he's hilarious he was like he's still one of my best friends right he's like eat up I don't care that you're sad we're gonna eat this in bed and then we're gonna go right downstairs and we're gonna watch the real housewives mm-hmm. and that's what we did and like it was those really small moments that added up to me being actually able to talk to people more and let those people in because people are trustworthy people will follow through not everyone will people will follow through and it's doing it one time then it becomes easier okay wow i'm gonna write that down after i listen to this again and figure out all the people who have done that for me and reach out to them obviously my parents but i really appreciate that i there are days where i'm just like i don't know what to do i'm just here and nobody can see me here because physically I'm alone and then when I feel physically alone I shut my phone up put everything away and so just a dangerous road to go down yeah but people know and people notice but you can't if you don't tell anyone about it no one's ever going to be so aware enough to see that yeah so I think the next step is starting to let people in and being like hey when this happens, I'm not good and I need your help, whether it's calling me, texting me a gazillion times until I answer, or even maybe even coming over and just pulling me out of my bed. Friendships are built on that vulnerability. Like true friendships are built on that. Mm-hmm. And it's when, but in order for that to happen, you have to let someone in. That's what we're learning. First person was the therapist and then my parents. And then finding the next people. Exactly. And that's all you have to do. Our 20s are long. 
Mm -hmm. They can feel shorter at times. They can feel longer at times. Um, I don't, I mean, I do want to reach my thirties, but I don't <laughs> like the, the 30 word. Um, but I think, and you and I were just saying like, what do we, what do we really want to get from it? I want to have the most incredible experiences, good and bad, high feelings and low feelings. Um, I want to really feel an experience in these next few years. Like before I have children, not planning on having children for a few years. So I want to experience with my friends and feel and having those extraordinarily fun, highly emotional. I mean, I've had them with my friends. We've had some super high highs and super low lows that we've seen each other come through. But I, over the next five years, want to experience my relationships, both my relationship with my boyfriend who will hopefully be my husband um both those yeah fingers crossed both <laughs> um that and every experience that goes along with that super deeply and super intensely and have really really fun times um as well as my parents and have those experiences with them and my friendships and also with work opportunities and be able to experience that and I think that is what I hope to get for the next five years of my 20, because I look back on the last five and like the best times have also been some of the worst. And those little moments are what, you know, I go back and I remember and I experience and just like those nights dancing in the living room with my friends and <laughs> having late nights at 4 a.m. talking about boys or my best friend going through a horrible breakup, right? And then seeing my best friend get married last year, like this past year. You know, it's, it's those types of memories that I want to make a lot more of I, before I have a family. <laughs> um, you know the song, um, I Live by One Republic or something, something like that? Probably if you played it or sang it. I will not be singing it, but... It I mean, I'll listen to it after. Listen to it afterwards. It's, yeah, by One Republic, I Lived. There is a line in it, and it says, I swear I've lived. And I feel like that is like my line for my 20s. And it's giving myself space to make the mistakes that I need to make and be okay with making them. And then growing from them and learning to be like, it's okay that I did this and move on. And then asking questions and learning new things and just giving my space, giving me space to grow so then I can be like, I lived, I swear I did, because I did all these things. I have tried everything. I have done everything that I knew how to do, plus more, and so that I can, on my deathbed, be like, I lived. <laughs> I think you are going to. I think you already are. It's just harder to see it when you're in the thick of it. Oh, absolutely. So I guess another thing is coming out of the hard things that I'm going through right now and understanding that I will carry that with me for the rest of my life but being okay with it and using it to help other people learn and grow and experience things in a lot better way than things that I've gone through with it being so hard I would like to see you experience joy that is the next step that was this year this year I am learning to be my own best friend and learning the things that truly make me happy so agreed see at the end of the year how well that worked but it should be good 
It will be. Well, that is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys got some great good stuff out of it, let me know. Either share it with me, post on your stories, tag us. Let me know. I want to hear all the things that you guys are learning from this. Um, If there's a topic that you want me to talk about or bring someone on, let me know. And don't forget to subscribe, leave us a rating, follow us on Instagram, all of the fun social media stuff where it can get us out there and more people can hear what we're talking about. Thank you. And I'll see you guys next week.